0: Hi, boys and girls. This is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Chapter 7. Lost in the Darkness Dee Dee had been pulling on the dumbwaiter rope when she heard one of them snap and the elevator fall down the shaft. She heard wood break as the elevator hit something at the bottom. Dust blew up the shaft at her. Jenny! Dee Dee yelled down the shaft of the dumbwaiter. Jenny! For a long time she heard nothing. Finally, she heard Jenny's muffled voice. "'I'm okay!' Jenny shouted. "'It was a scary ride, but I'm okay.' "'Where are you?' Dee Dee yelled down the shaft. "'I can't tell!' Jenny shouted back. "'It's pitch black down here, but I think I'm in the basement.' "'Do you think the elevator will work?' "'No,' Jenny answered. "'It's broken.' "'Do you want the flashlight?' Dee Dee asked. "'Then you would be in the dark. "'Isn't there a light switch down here or something?' There should be, Dee Dee said. See if you can find it. I'll try to find a way out of here. If I can, I'll get help for you. Good luck, Jenny's voice said from below. We don't need luck, Jenny, Dee Dee answered. Jesus and his angels are with us. Dear Jesus, Dee Dee prayed, Jenny is probably very scared right now. I know I'm scared, and I have a flashlight. Jenny is all alone in the dark. Please send your angels to help her. Amen. Dee stood up and shone her flashlight around the dark attic. The beam from the flashlight reflected off cobwebs that hung from the wooden beams above her head. Ugh, More cobwebs,' Dee Dee said out loud. "'God, why did you create cobwebs?' she asked inside her head. "'Probably to keep girls like me from going into scary places like this,' she answered out loud. She continued to flash the beam of the flashlight around the room. "'Not much up here,' she thought." She had expected the room to be full of boxes and trunks that would provide clues to the house's secrets. Instead, she found that it was almost empty. Then she noticed that there was a small window on the far side of the attic. She walked over to it and looked out. A full moon shone outside, and she could see trees swaying in the wind. The window looked big enough for a person to climb out. Did the hiding slaves climb out of the attic here and then to the ground using one of the oak trees, she wondered? She started to open the window, but it was nailed shut. "'Someone didn't want me to climb out on the roof,' she thought. "'I'm kind of glad I can't. It's cold out there.' She turned and looked around the room again. The light from the full moon shone into the far corner, and Dee could just make out a large object that she had not seen before. It was nestled deep in the corner, almost out of sight. As Dee shone her light on it, she realized it was very large, about the size of a large dog. "'I wonder what it is,' she thought as she took a couple of careful steps forward." I'm feeling a little nervous up here all by myself. As she got closer, she saw that it was covered with a heavy canvas cloth. What could it be? Slowly, she walked across the attic until she was within a few feet of the big object. The ceiling slanted down near the edge, so Dee Dee had to scrunch down to get closer. Finally, she could reach it. She quickly realized that the shapeless canvas covering had been tied over the top of the object with a piece of wire. The wire had gotten rusty. It didn't take much effort for Didi to bend the wire so it came apart in her hands. Moving the heavy canvas off the top of the object was a bigger problem. Didi had a hard time finding a way to grasp the canvas. It was heavy oilcloth, and her hands couldn't find anything to hold on to. The edges of the canvas were tucked under the object, so she had no way to pull it off. Finally, she pulled one edge loose. By pulling it up and away, she was able to work the heavy cloth off the top and push it back behind the object. It's an old trunk, she said out loud. It was square on all four sides and rounded on top. And it's big enough for Jenny and me to both fit inside. She shone her flashlight at the trunk and the brass corners, hinges, and latches shone in its light. Wow, she said in a half whisper. On the front of the trunk were two initials, A.M. This trunk must have belonged to Albert Morgan. Captain Morgan. She looked at the huge latch in the front with its giant lock. Should I try to open it? I'm sure it's locked up tight. A man with as many enemies as Captain Morgan would have always kept it locked. Dee reached over and tugged at the lock. To her surprise, it fell open. Do I dare open the trunk, she wondered. I have to. The answers to a lot of our questions may be in here. Without waiting another second, she flipped the center latch up, turned the two side latches, and pushed the lid open. As the lid went up, Dee mind was racing. What could be inside? Treasure? "'Guns? Captain Morgan's whiskey?' But the first thing she saw was just everyday clothes folded neatly inside the trunk. She carefully lifted the shirts and pants from one side and placed them on top of the others on the other side. Beneath them she saw a layer of books. "'Inland Navigational Techniques,' Dee, Dee read out loud. "'That must be about sailing a boat on a river.' The second book she picked up was called "'Shallows, Shoals, and Safe Harbors Along the Lower Mississippi.' "'I was right,' Books about sailing on the Mississippi River. Well, they look boring to me, she muttered. She looked at the titles of a few more before setting those aside. Next, she saw a small white box. She lifted the box out and opened it. Inside, a brass instrument shone in front of her flashlight. It had a tube you could look into on top, with two brass legs front and back, and a curved something, like a ruler, on the bottom. She looked at the inside cover of the box. Professional Sextant, Boston Mass, she read. "'Sextant, huh?' she said aloud. "'I know what that is. "'That's the instrument sailors used to tell "'where they were at sea "'by comparing certain stars to their horizon. "'Captain Morgan would be proud of me,' "'she added with a grin. "'She put the sextant back in the box "'and set it aside. "'What else do we have in here?' she asked aloud. "'Below the sextant she found a stack "'of several small flags of different colors. "'Wonder what these are for,' she thought. "'At the very bottom of the trunk "'she found something wrapped up in cloth. "'She pulled it out, "'and discovered that it was heavy and cold. "'She carefully unwrapped it. "'The bundle became two. "'She set the small bundle down on the floor "'and unwrapped the other. "'What she discovered sent an electric jolt of fear into her. "'It was a gun. "'Glowing in the light of the flashlight "'was a large, heavy revolver. "'I wonder if this is the gun Captain Morgan used "'for any of the bad things he did. Dee didn't know if it was loaded, "'but she knew enough about guns "'that she should leave it alone.' She carefully re-wrapped it and set it aside. The smaller wrapped bundle turned out to be bullets for the gun. She re-wrapped them quickly. There was nothing else to be seen in the trunk. Dee Dee carefully put everything back in the trunk the way it had been originally. She was just putting the clothes back in their place when she heard something scratching and crawling around behind her. "'Who's there?' she hissed, grabbing her flashlight and shining it toward the sound. At first she saw nothing and she felt the hairs on the back of her neck stand up. Then she saw it. A huge rat ran from one corner across the edge of the attic and disappeared into a hole. Her heart raced in her chest for a minute, but then she realized that the rat was gone. I hope it's gone for good, she said in a loud voice. Then she saw something gleaming in the corner. Closing the lid of the trunk, Dee, Dee turned and walked toward the corner where she had seen the rat. Her heart started pounding again, but it didn't stop her from looking in the corner. Something was there, something shiny, and she had an idea what it might be. "'Didi's hands were shaking when she reached the corner, "'but the wobbling light showed a big pile of shredded paper. "'I was right,' she said out loud. "'It's a rat's nest, and it's a big one.' "'Bits of colored cloth, sticks, spoons, and buttons "'were piled in the center of the nest, "'and right in the middle of it was Jenny's watch. "'Well,' Didi said aloud, "'that rat must have been the thief all along.' "'She looked closer and found the missing key to the front door, "'still on its small chain, lying next to Jenny's watch.' Just as she reached for the key and the watch, she heard a squeaking noise behind her. Startled, she swung her flashlight toward the sound. Just as she reached for the key and the watch, she heard a squeaking noise behind her. Startled, she swung her flashlight toward the sound. The front of the flashlight crashed against the boards by her head and shattered. Dee Dee was suddenly surrounded by darkness. The story you have heard today is a chapter of The Shoebox Kids, Book 7, The Clue in the Secret Passage, written by Glenn Robinson, edited and created by Jerry D. Thomas, and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955.